The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hi everyone, welcome to The Stage Door Show tonight. I'm Dave Hondell. I have with me filmmaker and the founder of Lee H. Jordan Extras Casting. I'm looking forward to our conversation here about his important work that shines a light on black history in our country. So please welcome my longtime friend, Lee H. Jordan. Lee, great to have you on the show with me tonight. Dave, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to share what little information that I have. Well, you know, you often highlight African Americans who help, you know, create the history of our country through your filmmaking and also your great social media posts that I see a lot. And, you know, talk about the importance of learning our country's black history. Well, one of the things that's been important to me is I I want people to understand that I consider this to be not just African-American history or black history, but American history. And from, from the point and from the standpoint of the contributions that people of color have made to make America great. You know, do you think, you know, that was well said, by the way, you know, it is American history. It, it, it's, uh, you know, the factual history, I should say, with about America. You know, it just uh, the factual history of this country is told, you know, it would open the eyes of many in our society, I believe. And, you know, yeah. do, you, do you find it that way as, as well? Uh, well, first of all, one of, uh, one of the things that's been important to me is actually finding my own family history. And once I started really kind of listening and connecting with, you know, as we like to say, connecting with the history of our ancestors, I realized that I happened to be standing on some very amazing shoulders. Yeah, both men, women, and children. So, you know, and it's not because of who I am, it's because of what they've done. Yeah. So to me, that's a big part of what I do why I do it, and why it's important to me. You know, uh, you mentioning the history. One of my favorite shows, my wife and I watch uh, Henry Louis, Dr. Henry Louis Gates a lot and Finding Your Roots. I think if anybody out there is looking for great programming, I mean, that's one of the best programs on TV, I believe. And, you know, uh, Henry Louis Gates, you know, interviews a lot of celebrities, but, you know, he brings them back to their roots. And sometimes back to, you know, 1600s, and, you know, uh, it's amazing what, you know, they go back and find. And it really teaches you a lot about, you know, American history, African-American history. It's just amazing to me and, and uh, just eye-opening. So I, I, I implore everyone to watch that program if you get a chance. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. But I, I just, uh, one of the stories recently that um, I, I think Clint Black found out that he uh, – has African American ancestors? Yeah, I mean, according to Henry Louis Gates, we all do. We all we all have we all have ancestors that that can be traced back to to Africa because that's where this world began essentially is is in Africa, and it all can be traced back there. So I think you know if people knew that and people understood that. I think that would change their own beliefs. Remember that it's like the the joke with the with the bullies. It's why you hitting yourself. Why you hitting right. yourself. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, no, it's very true. Um, You know, Lee, also, you're in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is uh, ground zero for the recent movement uh, for the civil rights after the murder of Mr. George Floyd. And, you know, how did that impact your message? And do you feel that it was a necessary event in our lives to shine that light even brighter on the racism to say enough is enough? Wow, that is 
that's truly uh, a question for the ages. As, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, for me, um, when I was born in 1956, you know, it was the end of the bus boycott. Yeah, and, and history just continues on with every little step that has been made. So, you know, so when you get to the point where, when what's the phrase that you, know, that you said, I can't breathe, that became like the mantra. Yeah. For, you know, for a younger group of people, which is important because it's the younger people that maybe will have to carry this banner the rest of the way because, um there needs to be stronger soldiers, you know, other than the ones that we have. There needs to be younger, stronger soldiers to carry this battle all the way through to the end, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And one of the other things that that you that you mentioned, as far as the young um, younger crowd, uh, you know, I know I know that you know during a lot of the uh, the protests that were happening in the, in the summertime, you know, one of the one of the bright spots to me was that the fact that there was multiracial, uh, you know, groups of people marching, and and to me that was a great sign that you know, like you said, the younger crowd I think is going to carry that banner going forward. And there was it was actually very, uh, you know, it was nice to see that there was multicultural um, groups uh, doing that. So. You know, speaking of history, I, this is something that you know. It's, I thought it's very interesting because I think you know I, I'm a big I'm a big uh, uh, fan of history. You know, I've always I've always got into history. But the one thing that I didn't know that's kind of coming out to light recently through you know documentaries on television and and uh, you know also on you know uh, news uh, feeds on online. You know, obviously reputable news feeds. Um, is that, you know, the, when we talk about black history, I think this is apropos that is, that is being, you know, kind of brought out this month, but Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, you know, it, it, there's, there's a lot of stories coming out here and I wanted to get your take on this, but in the world of politics, even back in the 1860s, decisions were made for political gain, but the freeing of the slaves was a little more complicated by some accounts and the history books, I think left out important facts, uh, about Lincoln and his motivation for the freeing of slaves, and I wanted to read a little excerpt from a, from a history uh, online history uh, site for um, for uh, you know educators. And uh, back in 1862, there was a there was a letter that Abraham Lincoln wrote to Horace Greeley, and it, it read in part, uh, "If I could save the Union without freeing the slaves or any slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it." And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. So talk about talk about that and some of these revelations that are that are coming out to light now with um, Abraham Lincoln during that time frame. You know, one of the things when I hear that, what comes to mind is that what's that old saying? You can please some of the people some of the time, and some of the people you know most of the time, and some of the people none of the time. That was one of those situations. Well, how do you do one? Because you know, if if you do one, it's going to affect the other, and and vice versa. So to be in a situation politically, you know, to try and balance out, you know, the idea of this world needing to change, you know, in 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 a way that uh, that really had to focus on the, the one issue at this point in time that was important. Uh, you know, along with other issues as well, but it was important, the idea of slavery, whether it be ended or not. 
and that that's what caused the you know the Great War or the you know, uh, the war against the states. It's because of slavery. So to be in a in a place where you have to balance everything, every move that you make, every breath you take, yeah, because people are watching and 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 wanting to either help you, destroy you. Uh, but it was a no-win situation. So as far as I'm yeah. concerned, and as far as my my ancestors are concerned, if I can speak for them at this moment, um, I appreciate whatever was done you know, to end slavery. Because, you know, uh, as, as I stated on my Facebook page earlier, it said, yes, I was born a freeman. My dad was born a freeman. Grandfather." Barely, but when you talk about his father and so forth and so on, they were slaves. And I'm only 60-some, 64 years old. So that's not a long time to be trying to change over 400 years of oppression. So right. that's, that's my that I hope that kind of made some kind of sense. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think the end the end of the of slavery was the most important piece regardless regardless of what the politics were involved, but you know, I think the reason why I I brought that up and one of the things that that I I've been thinking about a lot lately and 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 talking to others on other podcasts that I've done was systemic racism and I think that is the the fact that these facts are coming out now and they weren't in the history books when you and I were in school. I think speaks a lot to systemic racism where I think some things were were purposely swept under the rug and you know I think that I think systemic racism there's a lot to to that um and I think some of it is what's in the history books and what's omitted from the history books. Oh well I mean if you want to go one step further with you look at coins Lincoln's is the only, he's facing to the left where everyone else is facing right and uh his his penny is actually the darkest, you know, coin. So now if you want to read something into something, check that out. He had he had a few, uh, you know, like I said, he had enemies as well because they didn't want him to do what, you know, that either needed to be done, uh, and if it wasn't done by him, you know, who would have taken up the banner? Also, you know, the original Africans arrived in Virginia in 1619, uh, and the day they were um, they were made free was July nineteenth, eighteen sixty five, which is known as Juneteenth. And I know that's a that's a that's something that that you work um, a lot of your work is, is based on Juneteenth. Uh, and so tell tell our listeners what Juneteenth is uh, that don't know, which I think everybody should know. But you know, I, I think not 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 of people know what Juneteenth is. So talk about that and also your work with June, uh, Juneteenth around Ju- Juneteenth. Oh, absolutely. I'm more than happy. Uh, Juneteenth is an annual uh, observance to celebrate the date that the Union soldiers enforced the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the remaining enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, on June 19, 1865. And Texas was one of the last states to be rebelling uh, following the end of the Civil War, which was allowed, you know, the actual end of slavery. Which Juneteenth is also known as Freedom Day, Jubilee Day, Liberation Day. And as far as the modern Juneteenth celebration is concerned, it is our goal to make Juneteenth an na- international holiday 
celebrating emancipation for all those that have been enslaved in the United States and the world around. So that, to me, what June, is what Juneteenth is on one level, and there's many levels of why I celebrate Juneteenth, but that is the textbook you know, sort of uh, explanation of Juneteenth. So talk about your work in, uh, around Juneteenth and talk about what you do, uh, the work that you do to uh, bring that, uh, that day to, to light and, and how people can uh, find out about that work that you do. Well, I would say the, you know, one of the first things that you know, some people may ask is like, well, why don't you celebrate the 4th of July? And I would say to them, if you get the chance, you should actually read what is to the slave is the 4th of July by Frederick Douglass, because he actually explained in, in a much better way than I can yeah, uh, why you know, Juneteenth is a little bit more of a celebration of Independence Day, especially for African-American people or, or enslaved people, period. So that's, that's the first part. So, but Juneteenth, for me, is a complete celebration of, of history, of culture, of community. Uh, it's almost like a great big family reunion, to tell you the truth. So that's, that's another reason why I celebrate you know, Juneteenth. And I also celebrate it simply because this is also the opportunity, which is what I do. I try and bring a lot of the visual history to life. Yeah. As far as uh, we had a, a gentleman there who actually won Juneteenth that plays General Granger, and he reads General Order Number 3. And one of the, you know, the interesting things about uh, that, you know, that order is the fact that they asked the slaves to actually stay on the plantations that they've been enslaved on and asked the masters to hire them on. And I'm thinking to myself, if I was a comedian, I'd be going, now, you've got to be joking, right? <laughs> but yet at the same time, that was part of the statement for General Order Number 3, which, you know, which General Granger read to, you know, to the free people. And not to mention the fact that what does freedom mean if you've been enslaved for, at what, at least three or four generations of your family? So there's a, a, a lot that... Uh, that can be brought to Juneteenth as far as enlightening history, enlightening people, enlightening the culture itself, and, and actually highlighting some of the contributions that have been made. So that's why Juneteenth is important to me, one of the reasons why Juneteenth is important to me. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I told you before we went on the air is, is the fact that I work in New York City uh, and obviously, with the COVID, it's been it's been almost a year since I've actually been in the city. But um, you know, once once we go back, you know, to to working, uh, not working remotely anymore, and going back to the city, the one thing I just, I mean, I, I wish everybody could take the train ride that I take from my home near Philadelphia to to New York City and see that I am with several different cultures and different races on that train. And everybody is in the same, you know, boat going to work, uh, reading their, looking at their phones, uh, you know, sitting next to each other, standing next to each other and, and everybody's just, you know, doing their thing and, and nobody, 
has any shows any animosity towards each other. I mean, everybody has biases, but on that train ride, everybody is is fine being next to and standing next to all different races and cultures. And and I think that a lot of times racism is bred out of fear of another uh, person's culture. And instead of learning about that culture, I think sometimes people hate what they fear. And I just would implore everybody to educate themselves and learn about other cultures and you won't fear it anymore. And I think that if everybody did that and we learn the history of other cultures, I think that, you know, racism, which I don't think will, will hundred percent ever go away, but I think it would at least educate people and may change some minds. What are your thoughts about that? When you talk about the train, uh, you know, a lot of the Negro spirituals and a lot of music uh, kind of talks about that, you know, the friendship train and, uh, you know, the love train and so forth and so on. So it's it's almost a symbol you know, of, of, of transportation from one point to another. So if you're, if you're riding along, you're kind of noticing that, as you said before, that you know, this person may be reading a Kindle or, or reading the newspaper, whatever they might be doing, but you just realize that they're just like me. Yeah. Or I'm just like them, or you know, you start to find a common bond. Yeah, and once you do that, you'd be surprised at what we all have in common. And that would also eliminate those fears. And you're right, fear is also a big part of that. But also, there's another part where, as my mother would call them, the instigators, you know, <laughs> would actually like promote certain things so that you know, so you you would look at someone and go. Oh, they're you know they're one of those because they do this this and this. So that fear kind of you know is there. But if you start to just share share a meal together, you sit out and have a uh, have a, a a meal with someone that you don't know, and see if you can kind of find that that common bond between you. And that common bond is freedom, the freedom to be able to support your family. Uh, the, the freedom to be able to have a roof over your head for your family, for yourself, or whatever—all those those things that we t- almost kind of take for granted, you know, in a way—but it is an important part of understanding that we're all in this boat together, or all on this train together. Yeah, no, that's that's well said. You know, another thing, Lee, I wanted to, to ask you about your thoughts because you know you you grew up or you were born in the fifties, mid fifties, and. You know, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I often watch, you know, different television shows back, like Leave it to Beaver and some of these shows that were, you know, happy days that were set back in that time frame. And, you know, and, and I, I hear so many people say, you know, um, white people <laughs> saying that, man, I wish I was I, I was I wish I was living during that time. What a simpler time that was. And you know, man, those truly were happy days and the white picket fence. And, and I, I look at them and I say, do you realize, you know, think about the African-American people that were growing up and living during that time where segregation and, and, uh, you know, and race riots and things. I mean, do you think that was really a, really a truly a happy time? And, and I, I have a hard time believing when I watch these shows on TV that, you know, the, the life of somebody that was African-American was not, happy days so what are your thoughts on that because you grew up during that time well i would say first of all that when we talk about you know uh separation you know we're, we're really kind of talking about a lot of people of color period not just african-american but the list just kind of goes on 
But one of the things that's important to me when I would, uh, yes, when I look at these shows now, I think to myself, oh my God, you know, this is, this is hard to kind of swallow. But when you think about the important things that are supposed to come out of that, the respect of, of, of family, the respect of person, the respect of, of, of a lifestyle or choice, those are the things that kind of come to the surface, hopefully enough that someone would realize it's like, wow, that has nothing to do with race, creed, or color. That only has anything to do with just being a decent human being. You know, I look for the cream to come to the top. Yeah. And by doing so, I, I can make myself a better person by trying to be a, a, a more supportive and, and, and enlightened individual. No, that, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you, you gave me your input on that because like I said, from, from my perspective, I was looking at it like that time wasn't, you know, but if you look at it like that, you know, obviously that makes a lot of sense about the respect. Yeah. Cause you, you see shows now that, that it really doesn't, you know, take place a lot, <laughs> you know, the respect and it's usually violence and, uh, that type of thing. So, and, and disrespect. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, and, and if you look at it through that lens, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, what, what is your one message Lee that you want to give to the listeners out there, uh, about your message about black history, about learning black history and, just what is your one message you want to give to my listeners before we before we uh, sign off here? Well, I would say the, the one thing that I really want to stress is that we are talking American history, not just black history, but American history. And any other uh, persons of color that have contributed to the, you know, the greatness of America, it is your history too. And that we all have a piece of the puzzle. So as we as we grow and learn and, and, and support each other, bring those pieces together so we can have the whole story. Thank you for that, uh, Lee. And now, Lee, before we go, I also want to talk to you about your work as a filmmaker. You know, you, you had a short film called We Turn the Page. It's about a grandfather passing on his love of the public library to his grandchildren. I know you've done other work, too. So, so talk about some of your filmmaking work and, and uh, how our listeners can go find it. Well, we turned the page, like I said, yes, it was my first short film, and it was for the Minneapolis Public Library. What I wanted to do was to kind of point out that the public library was not always so public. And so <laughs> I decided to write this little story, but at the same time, I wanted to give the information you know, to people to say, look, knowledge is power. Yeah. And if you have knowledge... And you and you use that right, then that's part of the message itself. So and and that's pretty much a lot of what I do as far as, as my films and projects that I work on. Uh, the Family Guardians is is my take on the fact that the ancestors are always with you. Yeah, that you stand on strong shoulders. You stand on the shoulders of people that have made it from you know from darkness into light. Yeah, and that because they did that, you're here. So you know, the Family Guardians is that is a look in that direction. So to me, it's it's a viewpoint. The viewpoint that I have is the fact that we are not the victims of slavery; we are the descendants of the survivors of slavery, and that's a whole different ballgame in my book. Uh, how can people, Lee? How can people find you? 
on social media and how can they, like I said, how can they get a hold of you if they, you know, have uh, questions about your work and, and they want to learn more about your work? Well, I would say for sure uh, there's a page that I have and, and a website that I'm working on uh, to get more details onto it. It's called Juneteenth Speaks. Yeah. And like I said, it's Juneteenth Speaks. That's a Facebook page and a website. And from there, I, I work with uh, our Juneteenth celebration here in the Twin Cities and the National Juneteenth uh, Foundation, by the way, which I am the Midwest and State Director for the National Juneteenth, uh, so the NJOF. Dot org is also a place where you can find information, more information about Juneteenth. No, yeah, and I, I, I just, like I said, I implore everybody to go to the website and, and learn more about Juneteenth. I don't think there was enough about written or anything when I was growing up uh, about Juneteenth, and I think it's just, it's an important thing that, you know, people learn about, and I think that, you know, uh, of all races, I think everybody, in order to educate yourself, you need to learn about Mer- American history. And, uh, you know, Lee, I think you just opened a lot of eyes today. Uh, and I can't thank you enough, first of all, for joining us. And I can't wait to have you back in the future and talk about, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back out there and do your Juneteenth ce- celebrations. You know, hopefully by that time, you know, with the vaccinations and COVID would will, will allow us to to get out there and, and uh, be by each other as opposed to do everything virtually. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, again, thank you for joining us tonight, Lee, and uh, looking forward to our next discussion. Absolutely. Remember, Juneteenth is freedom.